Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 11, Off the Edge. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And today we will be talking about the NFC South and how well they did in their respective NFL draft classes. Before we dive into that, I'd ask you to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, wherever you are consuming this content. Yep, all that. It's how, uh, <laughs> how we keep growing. And man, we continue to grow, Cam. We're getting yeah. close to that 400 subscriber mark on YouTube. If you haven't yeah. already, definitely be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, we're already at 50,000 views on that channel let's go let's keep a hey, let's keep running it up <laughs> hey we also have we also have a twitter at off the edge show if yeah. you guys want to follow along with us we are constantly posting content on there and uh yeah so before we move into the rest of this show just want to let you know that betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options, your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, NFC North and we are sorry, NFC South. We already did the NFC North. I'm already losing it. Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. All right, this is uh we're going we're going to start this thing off with a bang. One of the top players in the entire draft class who Really, no one knew where he was going to go because he plays the position known as running back, which has the dreaded 30 number behind it. Like mm. as soon as you hit 30, it's like that's the brick wall. And there are guys that can get past it. Adrian Peterson is one of those guys. Definitely Frank Gore. Shout out to him. Um, but that's a position that is very rarely going to, you know, you're going to see guys that are over 30 a lot. And so this is typically a one contract type of position here. Uh, you know, following a rookie deal. And normally it's not with that same team, but the Falcons do not care because even though they had almost a thousand yard season out of last year's pick in the fifth round out of BYU, Tyler Algier. Okay. Uh, even though they had that, they decided to go with Bijan Robinson, the talented uh, quote unquote generational running back out of Texas. Now I thought this was, about where he was supposed to go as far as my board is concerned. But I had him going in the late 20s due to the fact he plays the running back position. And I just wasn't sure how the NFL was going to value running backs uh, in this draft. It was a really good you know, running back class, really depth filled. But he ends up going eighth overall inside the top 10. Cam, what are your thoughts <laughs> On this pick, my guy, because I, I was a little surprised. Yeah. I mean, Bijan Robinson, we talked about him being one of the better athletes coming out of the draft. So I love it. I had him coming out of um, number 15, Jake. I had him coming 15. Um, I had him going to the Washington Commanders. They didn't take him. Uh, the Falcons took him. And, you know, I feel like the Falcons are kind of going back to what they did a few years ago when they got uh, Devontae Freeman, right? When they got Devontae Freeman. Um, then followed up with your with your Todd Gurley there, bringing him from the Rams. But 
Um, a guy like Bijan, clearly the Falcons love a good running back. They love a good running back, and Bijan is that. Um, like you mentioned, he, he went a little bit high, Jake. He went a little bit high on the list there. But at the end of the day, my man, he's he's a generational guy. He's a generational running back. We don't get to see great running backs in the NFL. I mean, we talk about our Todd Gurley's, you know, your Ezekiel Elliott's who's getting on that back end of his career. So it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be good to see some fresh blood come in, Jake. Um, I, I'm very familiar with the NFC South, you know, playing with the Buccaneers. So uh, the Falcons are trying to figure out how to how to raise, raise some hell in that in that division. They got the Panthers as well. So they're going to have to score some fo- some points on the, on the football field, and B. John Robinson can get that done in the pass game, the run game. He is he is Mr. Football, so I'm excited to see him there. But like we discussed, he went a little bit high there, Jake. So we'll see how that nets out. Now, Cam, the reason why I was so surprised by this pick is that they had a 3.6% sack percentage last year. Um, It was the second lowest quarterback pressure rate, according to NFL.com, at 22% in the league last season. And there were pass rushers there, and they decided to go with the running back after their guy that they found the fifth round, his rookie year, runs for almost 1,000 yards. I was a little surprised by that. And I... Don't know how to feel. I think obviously this is a fantastic player, right? Talk about the the prospect and everything. But if if we were grading this pick, it would not be an A plus for me because I think <laughs> there were other needs that definitely there. I think there were guys worth taking, and I think you're running a risk taking a running back this high, almost negating your fifth round pick last year, who probably could still start in my opinion. I thought Algier was awesome. I, I don't think he gets enough credit, so I gotta just give a shout out to my guy Algier out of BYU. Um, but it's not a knock on Bijan. I just think that they had bigger needs in the second round though. They go out and they get your guy, Matt Bergeron, and he's really interesting. I had said this during the, uh, the live draft stream I was doing Bergeron is somebody that the league is split on. Some see him as a tackle. Some see him as a guard, but the tackle they see is a guy that has elite level athleticism. Okay. Uh, can develop and turn it into something special. The guy that they see a guard is plug and play, ready to play right away, you know, ready right out of the box, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my thing and why, after further evaluation, while I had better, you know, players on the board, in my opinion, based on my board, um, Bergeron was a little bit of a quote-unquote reach. I still think this is a really good pick, and actually after further evaluation, I think it's a great pick because I think right now, you have Jake Matthews, right? You have Caleb, uh, you know, McGarry. You're good at both tackle spots. You don't need him to have to just get thrown in the fire. So this is where you got better as a football team. You could say Bijan made them better, and he obviously is better than Algier as far as the overall upside. But this is when you really start getting better because when you look at the offensive line room, now your offensive line, because I'd imagine they're the team that looked at Bergeron as a plug-and-play guard with developmental upside to take over for Jake Matthews at left tackle. And now we're cooking with gas camp, you know, because it's like, okay, well, once Jake Matthews is no longer needed, that's kind of harsh, but you know what I mean? Uh, You know, it kind of, you know, falls off a cliff or whatever. You got Matthew Bergeron. You could throw right in there. So I really like this pick cam. And I, I think now you, you just added more depth by adding another guy in the interior. You have him, you have Chris Lindstrom and you have drew Dahlman who you added in the fourth round 2021. So Falcons offensive line looking good for young Desmond Ritter, who I had as my number one quarterback last year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what we talk about, Jake, right? We see this draft. Who are they supporting? What does that look like? And you're going to find out in those first couple of picks. So with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke coming into the helm at quarterback, I'm sure they're going to battle it out a little bit there, Jake. But they got a weapon in the backfield. You know, I think that just builds the confidence of the quarterback. If they know they got someone back there that can make it happen, that's going to increase their confidence. And then follow it up with Matthew Bergeron coming from Syracuse. My man can play guard and tackle. So that just gives a guy like Taylor Heineke um, to say, hey, the Falcons believe in me. They brought me here for a reason. They supported me with these two picks. Let's ride. Let's roll. So, Jake, I, I know what you meant. I know what you said there. Some of these picks are a reach. I feel like a lot of these picks in the trap, a couple of them have been a reach. But to see to see where the Falcons are heading, right, Jake, at the end of the day, we we don't really know what they need. They know what they need. So, you know, who knows when it comes to the running back space, there could be injuries, there could be personality issues. So they're trying to find someone who can really take over the helm and B. John Robinson might be that guy. So we're not totally sure. We're just talking, we're just calling what we see. And what I'm seeing here is a team that's really doubling down on their quarterbacks um, by filling out this offense. And then on the defensive side, I know they jumped in the third round and got some defensive guys as well. So I feel like they balanced it out a little bit. Um, you know, I got Atlanta as, as a B for me, Jake, overall. Um, and I know we're going to dive into some of these these other picks here, but I, I think they know what they need at the end of the day, like I said, and they got some they got some quarterbacks that are coming in here and they need to support them. So I like it. No, I, I agree with you. I actually, so, so Bijan, Bergeron, two day one starters, Zach Harrison, Probably not starting. You know, you have Bud Dupree, you have Lorenzo Carter, you have Calais. I don't know like where his fit is on the team day one. He's probably more of a situational rotational guy. Um, And I thought that was a little bit too early for my blood. But uh, Clark Phillips, the third can just go right in there as the nickel corner for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. for real, he's he's really good coming out of Utah. I know there were a lot of people that were like convinced he could play on the outside. Personally for me, I saw him as a nickel guy. So I think this is a really good fit for him. Um, you know, you get to play alongside guys like AJ Terrell and uh, Jeff Okuda is getting his second opportunity in the league, you know, following that, that, tr- you know, the trade, the the fresh feeling of going to a new team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think fitting Clark Phillips in there, really intelligent, just, you know, high football IQ, but also just a high motor out of Utah. He's going to help. That was a really good pick in the fourth. And then DeMarco uh, Hellams from uh, Alabama, another safety that went in this draft uh, in the seventh. They go out and get Javon Gwynn to add some depth, a guy that can play, you know, he's center guard versatile. So, you know, I think anytime you go out and you get a guy that can play three positions on your offensive line, you're you're cooking with gas in the seventh round. So uh, I gave this draft a B minus. Um, you know, I, I think it could have been a lot better i think the Bijan robinson pick just really it it shows me what they're doing and i get what they're doing and i think it was honestly a little todd Gurley remorse because it was like man we were hoping the rams just made a mistake and you know Gurley was 100 percent like the same guy but there, he wasn't the same guy cam he didn't have the same explosiveness and it pains me to say that because i love todd uh, but he just did not and so I think the Falcons were like, you know what? We need that guy. We need that Saquon Barkley. We need that Ezekiel Elliott when he first came. Like, and to me, my comparison for Bijan was Ezekiel Elliott. So I think you get that. Bergeron starts day one at guard, and then he gives you developmental upside at tackle. Uh, Zach Harrison hopefully can be a starter down the road. I mean, anytime you, you draft a guy in the first three rounds, you're hoping they would start. But they got to start in the fourth round, which kind of balances that out. Uh, in Clark Phillips, the third, they didn't have a ton to work with. There's not a lot of picks here, uh, you know, in this draft. So 
Um, yeah, I, I'm going to stick by a B minus. I, I think it's definitely worth getting out of the C's, but it's it's not it's not a top of the B there. I'm, I'm going to go with B minus. Yeah, and, and you just talked about it with Bijan. I'm, I'm going to the business side now, Jake. Let's put the business hat on. We talked football. Let's go to the business side. When you got a guy like Bijan coming in, in into the Falcon Stadium, people are going to buy jerseys and they're going to jump into those seats, right? They just built that stadium a couple of years ago, so they got to pay some bills. So why not get a guy like Bijan to come in and support with those bills? You got a guy like Matthew Bergeron to help with that as well, to block for your guy like Bijan. And then you got Jovan Quinn. I mean, Jake, I think uh, for, uh, via PFF, right, pro, pro football focus for folks who don't know, um, my man Gwynn had 34 reps on the bench press, Jake. I mean, that's that that's a monster. Hard to hard to move. Um, coming out of South Carolina, so that means he's had some SEC um, competition. He knows where guys are coming from when it comes to their bull rush, their speed. So you're getting um, that type of personality in there. And then you got um, Demarco uh, Helms from Alabama coming in at safety, right? And so you stacked up on the front side, on the offensive side. So now on the back end of the draft, you get some guys that, like you said, that can step in and play some defense early on. And we talked about this Alabama defense, the defensive backs in general. I mean, I think they had about three guys drafted, Jake, in uh, X amount of rounds. And so just the excellence coming from that room, he can bring that 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 mentality to the to the Falcons secondary. Um, and then going back up, Jake lastly to Zach Harrison, you, you mentioned Clays Campbell and Bud Dupree. Those guys, maybe on the back end of their career, especially Clays Campbell, but to learn from them, right? To develop, to even talk stuff, uh, just talk regular stuff, life outside of football. He's gonna Zach is gonna be able to soak up a lot of knowledge and and really really push his career forward, right? When a guy guy like Clayus Campbell, who's been playing as long as he has, he's going to be able to say a couple of things that are really going to accelerate Zach Harrison in his gameplay. I know when it comes to Ohio State, um, he had to work on his pass rush skills and a couple of different things, you know, his, his toolkit. Well, Bud Dupree, he's going to be able to add to that. Clayus Campbell, he's going to be able to add to that. And so I like I like the pick there, Jake. Um, like I said, I gave Atlanta a B. Um, you know, it would have been a B plus, but like you mentioned, uh, with Bijan Robinson uh, filling that void, they didn't really have a void there. So, that, like I said, I'm going to B rather than a B plus. But they got to put butts in seats, Jake. They got they got it's, it's coming from a that'll business lens as well. So that'll yeah. that'll do it. I mean, no offense to your guy Bergeron, but you know, not <laughs> the only select few of guys are going to an NFL game with the entire sole purpose is to watch the offensive linemen. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> being, being from but, Canada, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm sure not many some Canadians might come to the game, but you know they're going to see B, they're going to want to come see Bijan for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think just one last thing before we wrap up, you know, this, this draft class move on to Carolina is that you have Drake London, you have Matt Hall and Scott Miller. Um, you know, Frank Darby's a sixth round pick in 2021. Kaderil Hodge is somebody I always have really liked. He's bounced around teams, but they, they signed him. I would have liked to see them actually go out and get one of these really talented receivers in this class. Now, this was a depth filled receiver class, not a top heavy in, in my opinion. I mean, I think it was somewhat top heavy at the top, but I mean, there wasn't anybody that was true, like a number one wide receiver right out of the box, so to speak. But I would have liked to see, 
you know, maybe instead of going, you know, Zach Harrison, um, you go edge a little bit earlier and, you know, then you go, you know, third round, you go out and you get one of those uh, stud wide receivers that went off the board. I just, I think that they need some wide receiver help. They probably have a plan uh, or they're really high on these guys, but I think they definitely could have gotten uh, their quarterback another weapon. I, I don't know. That's just my my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair, Jake. That's fair. I mean, you want to get guys, you know, that can catch that football. And I know last year they got Kyle Pitts, right? And so do they think he's he's that that X factor there? Who knows? But, hey, I'm excited to see Bijan, Jake. I'm excited to see Bijan. Uh, I'm sure the whole Falcons fan base is as well. He's going to be wearing number seven. Oh, so. Mike, oh, Mike Vick. That's, that's a statement. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought so too. There are people complaining about it. I just think it, it's way, you know, not getting too much into the whole Michael Vick piece. I'm a big fan of his overall game and he was just explosive, just, you know, electric, but he's remembered more as a guy that could have been, you know, an all timer on the Falcons made some mistakes along the way, paid his dues, like, right. Like, you know, he put in the work and got back on, on his feet and I look at him as an Eagle because I mean, that's where he finished his career. That's where everyone remembers. That's where things were good. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, Bichon has every right to, to choose seven. It wasn't retired. And I don't think he has to ask permission uh, for a guy that moved on to Philly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that was a little, you know, ridiculous, but moving on to Carolina, and we went off uh, on a little bit of a tangent there with the Falcons because they have a, you know, they have a little bit more guys. I mean, Caroline, we've talked so much about Bryce Young. Yeah, I'm going to give this an A plus because like, you know, Bryce Young pick because I just when I look at it, this was the best quarterback there. I've been saying over and over and over again, when you look at the Panthers, this team can play in the playoffs. They can host a playoff game. They can win a playoff game. Look at the way they played. I know, Cam, you're you're a Tampa Bay Buck guy. And uh, I'm not trying to not trying to, you know, dig you under no, no favorites no favorites but here. but uh yeah no no favorites but last year i mean you have to admit carolina was uh they were coming for tampa and if they had bryce young at the end of the year instead of sam darnold who i don't think he played all that bad but if they had bryce young uh, there's a good chance that they would have won that division they were this close man they were closing in on tampa yeah. uh so i think this year i think they get it done and i was a big fan of that pick uh, the Mingo pick was interesting. They went high upside, a guy that kind of compares similarly to, you know, an AJ Brown, a Debo Samuel built in that same light. I think he immediately fits in as a slot receiver. You have Terrace Marshall, you have Adam Thielen, you have DJ Chark, you have LaVisca Chenault, who I think everyone forgot about, but, you know, I think he still has some value that people aren't talking about. They still have Preston Williams and Shai Smith. There's a lot of talented receivers that are just not like, home run names, right? The, the, you know, not a ton of, you know, big time, you know, Hey, you you ask your mom if she knows Adam Thielen, maybe she knows Adam Thielen. Maybe she knows DJ Chark, but she probably doesn't know shy Smith. And I think shy Smith is a talented receiver. So, uh, the Mingo piece, you know, there, I, I have no issue with them going high upside. Uh, it was a little high for me personally. I would have gone in a different direction, but they already have some guys there. They have veterans like uh, Adam Thielen is going to help him a lot. And then I thought the the DJ Johnson pick was a mega reach. Uh, not even, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I had a seventh round grade on the guy. So they, they pick him at 80th overall. I was uh, I was a little surprised on that. And then they got my guy Chandler Zavala, who I personally uh, was able to speak with during this process. Great guy. He's been through a lot. Um, you talk about him playing at, 
you know, a really, really small school. And then he ends up transferring and, you know, NC State ends up bringing him on. I mean, this guy has a really cool story. We we mentioned him. I, I think I was on the Believe in Rams podcast. And then Jimmy Robinson, uh, safety out of Florida State. You're getting a DB out of Florida State. There's been a lot yeah. of good ones. He has some good tape in the fifth round. I like their draft class cam. Overall, I'm going to say, though, it's a B minus with a really top heavy selection in Bryce Young that stops it from being in the C's, my guy, because as much as I like Zavala, as much as I like, you know, uh, Bryce Young, like Mingo, I don't have an issue with. But the DJ Johnson pick was a severe reach, in my opinion, in the third round. This is where you need to get a day one starter for your team. And I just really think that that pick when all those guys were on the board there. And to me, when you you look at the Panthers, like I thought they should have gone out and and gotten a more NFL ready edge. And honestly, an interesting one would have been our guy, um, you know, Isaiah McGuire. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers, I got to be for him here, Jake. Um, We talk about, you know, just their whole draft class here, right? It's it's not that stout. It's not that stout. You see some other other teams, they have multiple people they've traded, they flipped, they flopped. And it seems like the Panthers are like, okay, we're gonna get our guy. And we're gonna call. We're gonna call it a day. And so, you know, you got Jonathan Minko. You got someone for him to throw the ball to as well in the draft. So they're gonna be able to travel travel to North Carolina together and be in that freshman class, which is which is really cool. I mean, you got a guard as well in, in Chandler. Um, we, we spoke about him, like you said, on the Believe in Rams podcast. Um, you know, just his ability as well. So you got some folks that can protect Bryce Young. But, Jake, we want to see a little bit more, right? I know they had the first pick, and like I said, it seems like they just they just cashed in out after that one. So, like I said, I gave them a, a B. Um, but we kind of go back to the point, right, where you mentioned that the Panthers, you feel like, are going to host a playoff game. I like it, Jake. I like it um, just seeing seeing how things are shaping up, even though they didn't do too well in the draft, right? They got Bryce, so like you can say they did really well. But um, – I can see that as well, just the way they're shaping up here. Um, but like, like like we talked about, it, it seems a little shallow. A- after Bryce, everything else seems a little bit shallow. Um, you know, going to your DJ Johnson here um, with that reach. My man ran a, a 4-4-9, Jake. So, you know, when a guy running like that, you know, in an effective defense, the Panthers always plays, uh, plays tough-nosed football. So a guy running a 4-4-9 right at 261, ah, sign them up, you know, sign them up. I know we got Burns on the other side there. So I think they're going to definitely cause some havoc. Um, and then going back to Jamie Robin, uh, Jimmy Robinson uh, coming out of Florida state, you know, anytime you got a guy come out of Florida state, you know, you're the Marcus joiners. Uh, any, anytime a DB is, is titled with that Florida state on there, they're, they're going to be a baller Jalen Ramsey. So um, the Panthers, it, it might seem like it's not deep right now, but at the end of the day, you know, come, Come the season, when you have to play, they're going to show up, and I, I, I can see them in the playoffs. But they got to be for me as well. Yeah, so so you got to be, I got to be minus. We move on to the New Orleans Saints here, and this this team is really interesting. They're dealing with a lot. I mean they they finally were able to get rid of um, the the Sean Payton contract. There, you know they they got some uh, you know draft capital. Um, you know I think. When you when you look at everything um, in regards to the Saints, it, it's been kind of weird, right? Like they, they don't have a ton to show for in the in the recent history. They don't have a ton to show for it. And you can say whatever happened in the Rams playoff game has something to do with it. But I think it goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of talent 
and they just don't have enough W's to show for it. And so I think, you know, you see, you know, Dennis Allen, um, you know, who, you know, of course is the head coach there. And, you know, they, they added, you know, guys like Pete Carmichael and Joe Woods and, you know, just kind of built out that coaching staff and, you know, added guys in this draft that I, I like, but this is another interesting draft class where Brian uh, Breesey, who you had mentioned in our mock draft, he's somebody that's, you know, physical. He has some pop behind his pads. I mean, the guy, he, he's, he's a fighter, you know, in yeah. the trenches. I mean, really. And then, you know, Foskey, uh, he looks the part. You know, you ever hear the term play, you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. It's not really <laughs> like exactly that. But I feel like the guy is perfectly built for the edge defender position, whatever that looks like as a three, four outside linebacker, however you want to use him. But he I just don't see him, you know, playing like how he should on tape. And I think that's fair. And then Kendra Miller, I really like that pick because what he's going to do is he's going to make sure that you got Jamal Williams, who's a touchdown magnet. He had, what, 18 last year, mm-hmm. uh, red zone guy. You know, when you get in the ball, uh, you get at the goal line, give it to Jamal, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just no no questions asked. So we don't know about the whole Alvin Kamara situation. We don't know how many games he's going to miss, if he missed games. But if he does, Jamal Williams can be that guy. But I think Kendra Miller has a shot to start. And, you know, they look more at, like, you know, Jamal Williams, they want to save him for those short and uh, intermediate, you know, gains. So I, I like the Kendra Miller pick. Saul DeVere out of Old Dominion is a guy that I think they they like there. Um, you know, add some depth behind a really stout offensive line. You know, you have guys like Cesar Ruiz and Eric McCoy, Ryan Ramchick, uh, Andrus Pete and Trevor Penning, who they spent a first round pick on in 2022. I like that pickup. Jake Hayner's a guy we've discussed before on one of our shows. We we talked so much draft this offseason. It was like, I don't even remember which, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Jake Hayner, fun fact here. I, I'm sure you probably already know, you know, he's going to the Saints. He's going to be playing with Derek Carr and uh, Derek Carr went to Fresno State. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's another one of those, you know, Matthew Stafford, Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. Then, you you know, you have a, a Jake Hayner, uh, Derek Carr. And I think that that gets over the big hurdle is, you know, quarterback, clear QB one. How is he going to operate with the backup? So that's what I'll say about that. Jordan Howden was a solid pick. You know, he helps you in the fifth round. A.T. Perry was a fantastic pick. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly who I've, I've been talking about him. I've been singing his praises. My wide receiver three in the entire draft they got in the sixth round. So yeah. I might be wrong on him if he fell to the sixth round. NFL talent, you know, maybe NFL talent's wrong too. We'll see. But I really like the uh, I like the pick in the sixth round, Cam. And o- overall, you know, I'll let you you know throw yours in. But I'm gonna give the Saints I'm gonna give the Saints a B minus because they found value in Hayner. They found value in Perry. I like the Miller pick, and I think uh, Breesy is gonna start day one. Okay. Yeah, Jake, I like it as well. Uh, I'm going to go with another B as well for the Saints um, with with Breesy. I mean, I, I t- we talked about it, Jake. He was one of my guys as well. Um, just his pass rush ability, the way he can pick and wrap. Um, I, I mentioned that one of the, some of his better rushes are when he's able to wrap and make moves, um, even watching the draft and and seeing him, they talked about just his leadership ability, right? When he was one of the better players um, coming out of high school and as a freshman um, at Clemson. And so, you know, they talk about just his leadership ability and his ability to get everyone together and galvanize his team. So it's really cool to see him there. Uh, Cam Jordan, I'm sure he's going to be super happy to have a guy like him with him. 
Um, and then they doubled down with Isaiah Foskey. So Jake, <laughs> you said, look like Tarzan, play like Jane. You know, we, we don't want that to happen. I know they talk about sometimes his um, his pass rush numbers, his sack numbers. He had some, some, a nice amount of sack numbers, but his ability to pass rush and his production, it didn't, it didn't really match up, right? His numbers were high, but his effectiveness and his impact um, as a pass rusher wasn't as high. So I'm sure he's going to learn a lot from Cam Jordan. And that's the beauty, right, of, of drafting guys like this is they can develop, they can grow. And I think that's extremely important. Kendra Miller, um, you know, we talked about our guys, right, uh, here on Off the Edge, and he was one of my guys as well. I'm um, coming out of TCU. Jake, one thing I do know is my man was in the, in the college football playoffs, right? Um, and that experience is invaluable. You know, we always talk about the UGA athletes and how they're champions and how they're going to, you know, bring that much more value to their teams. I do think a guy like Kendra Miller is going to do that as well. Um, you know, going to the Saints, they, they need everything they can get, right? If Alvin Kamara is kind of on the bubble, well, they need a guy that's confident. Um, you know, everyone's seen him in the playoffs. Hey, let's, let's, let's roll. Um, and, and keep, keep, you know, to your point with H.E. Perry, I'm going to jump down a little bit here. Um, we've talked about some defensive guys going to the offense a little bit with Jake Hayner and A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry is a definite pos uh, possessional receiver. You know, I had in my notes, if you need a first down, throw that ball to A.T. Perry. Um, you know, when it comes to his speed, he's not a, a blazer like that, Jay. He's not going to really blow the top off, but he's going to be a great possession receiver. And the Saints are going to need that, right? With this new change of guard at the Saints, they're going to need people who are reliable and, you know, a guy like Jake Hayner um, playing as backup, that's going to be great, right? Because you mentioned this, that Stetson Bennett piece. Um, it, it's a trust thing, Drake. When you got a guy that came from your school, it's a trust factor. Therefore, your gameplay is going to go up. My question is, what's going to happen with Jameis, right? I mean, we're talking about the draft here. You know, we're going to go to the Buccaneers here pretty soon as well. But former first-round pick overall, Heisman winner, and it's now, it's now sliding and slipping a little bit, Jake. So I'm curious to see how things are going to shape up for him. But it just seems like going back to this, this draft piece that they put pieces around these quarterbacks to make them successful in a wide receiver, in a tackle, and in a running back. So I'm curious, Jake, but what are your thoughts about Jameis? Because I don't think we can pass by here without talking about our guy Jameis. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I've, I've been somebody kind of banging the table for Jameis Winston. Um, I don't know if he's gotten the, the most fair shake in, in New Orleans. Uh, I feel like it, something was you know promised and it just whatever. I, I, I don't really know what to say <clears throat> as far as that just didn't work out. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think when you, you look and keep in mind, Taysom Hill still throws the ball every now yeah, and then. So <clears throat> how is this offense going to look? Is this going more traditional now? I mean, now that Sean Payton is not coming back, he is now in Denver. Is that Sean Payton aura with the, you gotta, you gotta use Taysom Hill this way. Is that gone? Are they just going to use him as a tight end now? Probably not. Right. Because they have a weapon and, and you, you sang his praises one time we, we talked about Taysom yeah. Hill. You're like, man, that guy was the personal protector. That guy is the, you know, like he Gunner, just does it he all. Can, he can do it all. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's just a football player. I mean, you hear that term a lot and that is probably the most overused term. And it's probably the sign that, you know, after you just reached on a player, just, oh, he's just a football player. All right. So you gave me no reason as to why you picked him. You're just like, yeah, he's a football player. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get that. I mean, I, I thought the, you know, the NFL, uh, NFL draft, you know, for, for the national football league, I didn't know you picked football players, but, <laughs> but no, uh, in, in all honesty though, I mean, Taysom Hill really is. He's a positionless player that can play all the positions. They ask him to. So uh, I think when you go back to Jameis though, 
it's going to create a nice little battle in camp because Jameis is fighting for his career right now because I don't think he wants to be a backup, but I don't think he really has a choice. I mean, that's the thing. So here's here's my advice for Jameis, not that he's going to take it, but, you know, you put your head down, you get to work, you really, you push Jake Hayner. If the cards fall and Jake Hayner's not the guy, you know, he's the guy they choose and you never had a shot, well, you go out there in preseason, you put tape out there, and this is a league where, I mean, we've seen it in a blink of an eye. Guy can go down with an injury. And Jameis Winston, whether you want to knock him or not, you know, his 30 for 30 season, he still had 33 touchdowns, my guy. And yep. I'll tell you right now, you know, I'd rather have Jameis Winston under center if, if I just lost my starting quarterback than have a rookie quarterback that just has to be thrown in the fire and is not ready for that moment. And so yep. I think that is the the opportunity there. That's the the ideal um, instance for Jameis being. I, I think right now he needs to, okay, maybe his career has gone away from him being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now he has to go into Andy Dalton mode. Like, how do I survive? And Andy Dalton's made a living just surviving in the league, being ready when needed, uh, being a guy that learns the playbook, being a mercenary. You know, the guy played a ton of time with, with the Bengals, and now I've lost track of how many teams he's been on. So, you know, you know, I mean, shout out to him, though. He, he's kept himself ready and, and, you know, calm, cool, collected. Another guy like that, Teddy Bridgewater. Another guy like that, Jacoby Brissett. So, uh, unfortunately, I think that, you know, Jameis Winston may not have gotten that fair shake, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, realistically, Jameis is going to have to pivot into that type of journeyman, you know, Johnny on the spot type of guy. Yeah. yeah. And Jake, I feel like we can do a whole off the edge episode with how quarterbacks are surviving after, you know, being at the top of the mountain, right? Like, yeah, we really know, Baker, could. Baker Mayfield, we're about to talk about the Bucks next, but Baker Mayfield, he's trying to figure this stuff out, right? I mean, it's, it's a full, yeah. process. it's a full process. These guys are number one overall picks, right? And then now they're fighting to stay on a roster. Kyler Murray, you know, depending on how his his career pans out, what will that look like? So, you know, it's like you said, hats off to these guys, though, because they're fighting. They're trying to figure it out. And, you know, Jameis Winston's on on one year deal. So, Jake, how I see it, right, how I see it, Derek Carr is is your starter um, through and through. He kicks things off a little bit. Um, Training, you know, training camp, uh, preseason, you see Jameis, a lot of the snaps. Like you said, see what he can do. Make sure you you lower that number down when it comes to interceptions. And then Hayner, he's your guy that just on on game days, he might not dress, right? He might have the clipboard, but he's on the roster. He's ready to rock and roll. And then, you know, you're Taysom Hill. He's your third quarterback come game time. If you actually need a third quarterback – to step in, he's the one. He's the one to do it. And the reason why I think we're doubling down on this quarterback position so much, Jake, is we've seen it with the Rams. If you don't have a quarterback that can step in and win some football games, you're going to be in trouble. And so, you know, with Jameis being on that one-year deal, he's a guy that can step in and win some football games. So, I just going back to the draft, though, I think Hayner he's going to be in, in great hands with those guys, those veterans. So, I mean, hey, uh, the Saints, like I said, overall, I'll give them a B, and. Yeah, let's see what they do in the NFC South. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with my B minus Cam, and I'll just say this: this Jake Hayner kid is real. Okay, when I watched him, I'm like, all right, you know, you hear the word gamer. I'm not trying to sound cliche, but you know, he's a gamer, right? Yeah. And and you watch his tape against just anybody. You know, UCLA I think stood out the most to me. Guys in pain. Guys playing through pain. He knows he needs to elevate his team, 
And that's what he does on tape. So he had a really good senior bowl. He's a guy that I think a lot of teams fell in love with throughout the draft process. And it was a matter of who's going to Blake first, like who's going to take him. And the saints are like, we're not even going to waste a breath. We're going to take him the fourth round because we like him that much. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's some people saying, Oh, I should have gone the fifth or the sixth. No, you, you, if you like a quarterback, you pick the quarterback. You, You don't beat around the bush because quarterbacks that position where you can't be like oh we'll just get the other guy right you it's more of like a man like this guy can end up being the the face of my franchise you know (laughs) and i need to be careful you know because if i go out and i get the wrong guy then i'm gonna lose my job if the guy that i got over him right like okay he goes to my division rival and he kills it like Mm -hmm. brock purdy could cost somebody a job i'm not saying he's going to he's mr relevant everybody missed on him uh you know the 49ers picked him with you know the final pick in the draft so it's not exactly like they hit on him they got him at the very end you know but i mean that's the thing though is like you got to be careful this i think that's when you look at it the way like mock drafts are like explained, people will be like, oh, I'll just get this quarterback. And say, no, 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 no. You need to love your quarterback that you're drafting, my guy. Because yeah. yeah. that is a position that you can't just be like, you know, I'm thinking I'll go with the the second option today. No, 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 no. no. You got to go with your guy. Yeah, yeah it's, you it's go, like, you know. It's, it's like a marriage, Jake. It's like a marriage, you know. It, yeah. Uh, someone who has multiple partners in a marriage, right? But if you had a quarterback – the next one up, that's going to be your main. And so you can't have a main that's just not doing what main, main things do. And so, <laughs> you know, and like I said, I keep referring <laughs> to to the Rams, you know, what they had to go through with Wolford and, you know, just that whole process. Unfortunately, he was not able to win football games, you know, for the Rams um, while Matthew Stafford was out. And they struggled. They, I mean, Jake, all last year we were struggling doing that Believe in Rams podcast because they just didn't have viable quarterbacks to go and win. And Hayner, you, you mentioned he's a gamer. So, hey, come on in and game, Jake. Uh, we need They need guys that can go in and play. And thankfully for the Saints, they got Taysom Hill to back them up and, and take get them out of any type of trouble. So that's, that's a great problem to have. And I'll trust Jake Hayner every day of the week with his mobility and just how he plays. You know, I could trust him to run the scout team. So – you know, now all of a sudden he's killing two birds with one stone. And I mean, the way the NFL is going, I think the direction is the league needs to set a precedent that you don't have three quarterbacks shouldn't count against your roster. Because at the end of the day, I think like teams should be allowed to carry three into the day. They should be able to address three and it shouldn't go against, you know, the limit. Because I think it's, it's a position that's very dangerous. It's a position where now all of a sudden, if I only carry two, I can't activate my third guy on the sidelines. Now I have to use my kicker or my punter or my wide receiver that played, you know, quarterback in high school a little bit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see an adjustment to that. And I, mm-hmm. I wonder if the Saints are one of the teams that were pushing for that because that actually was pushed for and ultimately declined at the owner's meeting. So mm-hmm. that's something to uh, to keep in mind. But the Buccaneers... Your old team here. Let's go. All right. You know, uh, this this draft, they they kicked off the right way. They go out and they grab interior. Everyone keeps comparing this guy to Aaron Donald because he wears the pit helmet, right? Yeah. But Kalijah can't see. So hear me out. Undersized defensive lineman in Tampa Bay. And you're thinking about Aaron Donald? I'm thinking about Warren Sapp, my guy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying he is Warren Sapp, but that, you know, the quick, you know, feet and everything. Can't see is a really good pick there. Then they go out and they get Cody Malk, who, you know, is my guy. I interviewed him and we <laughs> talked about him. He's still got those, the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, love I, it. I remember that like interaction we had at one of our shows. 
I love Cody Malk. I yeah. don't care if you play him at tackle. I don't play. I don't care if you play him at guard. Does he play over Godkey at right tackle? That's the question. I don't know. But does he need to? No, because he could play right guard. He could play left guard, you know? So I think this gives them plenty of options in that room. I thought the... I wasn't high on Yaya Diaby. I appreciate his story. He's been through a lot. Just from scouting him, I think I thought he was more of a day three, fifth, sixth round pick. So I thought that was a little bit of a reach. But if you like the guy, you like the guy. Um, Sir Vassier Dennis is somebody in the fifth round. That's one of my guys. That was a top 10 linebacker on my board. You're a linebacker. I'm excited to get your thoughts on him in a sec. Uh, Payne Durham is just kind of a plug and play, uh, you know, tight end two, tight end three. You already had uh, Co-Keefed and you had, you know, Kate Otten, who Kate Otten made significant strides last year. So he doesn't need to do really anything. You know, he could be tight end three, develop. He's more of, I would say he's more of a blocking tight end with some, you know, hidden upside in the passing game. And then you look Josh Hayes, DB out of Kansas State. I like that pick. Trey Palmer and Jose Ramirez I really like because, first off, Max Crosby put Eastern Michigan on the map when he Mm -hmm. got picked out of there and became a star. Uh, Jose Ramirez has some juice off the edge. And then Trey Palmer is speed, man. You know, Mm -hmm. you look at Trey Palmer, he's going to add speed to that wide receiver room that has Mike Evans, Russell Gage, Chris Godwin. Um, I think Palmer has a chance to compete for that fourth spot. I think it's wide open. And they added a UDFA and uh, Rockham Jarrett and uh, Kurt Warner's uh, son, Cade Warner. So we'll talk about that, but just kind of going through it, um, I'm going to give the Bucks a B. I'm going to say they, they won the draft out of all the teams. They hit those two guys hard. They, they you know, focused on some needs. Also, best player available. They got my guy, Servasier Dennis, and they got Trey Palmer and, and Jose Ramirez. Those are guys that stand out to me. I'm going to give them a B, Cam. Okay. Okay. I like it, Jake. I'm going to go. I'm going to give them a B plus, right? I'm a little bit biased, Jake. So I'm going to bump that up <laughs> to a B plus there. Um, Kalaja Kansi, Jake. I mean, come on, fam. That's, we talked about it. They they crushed it with that one, right? Kalaja Kansi is not your Aaron Donald, but he went to the Aaron Donald pass rush camp, right? He has the Aaron Donald hologram in the in the locker room. That's that's now the Aaron Donald locker room. But Kalaja Kansi, love to see a guy like that. You know, at the Buccaneers, um, just kind of going through their defensive line, and you got William Golson, who's a, who's a bigger guy, but you got Vita Vea as well. He's about six three, three something. So Kalaja and him, they can definitely cause some problems down down low there. Akeem Hicks, Patrick O'Connor, and then um, Raheem Roaches. Uh, that's someone as well who's a shorter guy, but very explosive. He uses hands really well. So I, I love that addition to the defensive line at the, at the Buccaneers. And then you got great linebackers that are sit right behind them as well. Levante David and Devin white. I know Devin white um, requested that trade there, Jake. So, you know, we'll kind of see, we'll see where that, where that head, where that, that ends up. You it's know? pretty up in the air. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, if I were the Buccaneers, I wouldn't want to let them go either. <laughs> right. I mean, no, but going out and getting Dennis, that that shows at least there's some sort of urgency. Like, okay, in the fifth round, but like Dennis is a good player. And they got two pick guys. There you go. It's a, it's a trust thing, right? When you got one guy that's in front of you and Kalaja Kanti, and then you got Dennis behind him, whether that be running the second team or wherever that is, but that just brings in trust. That brings in more energy and juice to that piece. And then you go back to your, your Dennis, your, uh, your Dennis pick. I love that pick there, Jake, right? We mentioned Devin White. We're not sure what that looks like, but Dennis, I mean, had a 42 inch vertical, a uh, 10, five broad jump. My man, my man, 
is a monster, uh, missing fewer than 5% of his tackling opportunities. So we go back to your branch from, from Alabama that got drafted to the Lions. Um, I think he had a 5% missed tackle a percentage as well. So guys, if you get sure tacklers, Devin White's a short tackler, but a guy like Dennis adding another short tackler to the piece, Levante David, who's a, a short tackler, that defense alone is gonna be is gonna be something to 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 reckon with. And then you got Yaya as well, Jake. I mean, he ha- he ran a four five, <laughs> so you know it's it's kind of tough when your guy when the guy runs a four five, it's hard to look away from that. And so he ran a four five. I think he's gonna definitely you know. Raise Ray, some havoc, man. I mean, you know, if I'm Levante David or Devin White, I want to line up on his side because I know he's going to bring some smoke. So I like that a lot. And then going back to your offensive side, I know we talk a lot of defense, like I said, a little bias, but your Cody Mauk, I love it. Um, Ryan Jensen, I think, had a pick. The Buccaneers put a picture up of Ryan Jensen, who's a redhead as well, and Cody Mauk. And then like almost like a stepbrothers thing where Cody was here on the picture and Ryan That's was smiling. Funny. Right, I was like, this is two redheads. This this is what it's all about. Um, but Cody Mouth, straight beast. You know, I've seen some of his highlights and some of his tape, uh, especially at the senior bowl. Jake, he was he was holding his own. I mean, he was looking ferocious, my man. So I see why the Rams went up and got him at second the second round at the 48th pick. So the Bucks. <laughs> sorry, the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. So it, it's it's good to see with with Mouth there. Um, and then going finally back to the to the bottom uh of this of the draft list. Um, you got Jose Ramirez coming out of Eastern Michigan. I mean, they got some guys that can make it happen on the defensive side, um, and and they're just they're just doubling up. I, I love the Rams. I'm sorry, the Buccaneers and what they did here in this draft. Like I said, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a B plus, Jake. I'm, like I said, I'm a little bit biased, my man. So I'm gonna go a B plus. Um, love what they did and some of the additions that they made. So you know, I I don't think. I think they did. I think they did best out of the NFC South when it comes to the draft. I think they did the best here, um, but I do think they're going to have some problems with the Panthers, right? The Panthers, I don't think did the best in the draft, but they got Bryce Young, so I think they're going to be the best in the NFC South. But I think the the Buccaneers did the best in the draft here. So they have Joe Tryon Shoyanka. You know, they have Shaq Barrett. Diaby doesn't have to start right away. I also don't know how they view him. Do they view him as a defensive end? Do they, I mean, they play more of a three, four style. So, I mean, probably not, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they they utilize him. Um, So, I mean, that was really the only, like the one pick that stood out to me. Like if you could have gotten the fourth or fifth, I would have been like, okay, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. the Dennis pick. And I know they didn't have a fourth round pick, but you get my point. Uh, The Dennis pick though. I mean, if it would not surprise me if he ends up being a starting linebacker uh, in Tampa, um, Payne Durham would not surprise me. He he's kind of the type of guy they go after. Really had a really nice senior bowl, um, you know. And then Trey Palmer, you know, I think he's for wide receiver four, and he's a mm-hmm. sixth round pick. So I, I think the the cool thing about it is that they have some consistency in the wide receiver room. They brought back the same guys: Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. And they left that fourth spot open for whoever wants it. Scotty's you know, Scotty's gone. That's that's tough. Scotty Miller's gone. Yeah, that's true. And so you know, I think we we would be remiss to uh, to get through this without mentioning your guy Sean Tucker, who you've been pounding the stump for. You know, fellow Cuse guy. Let's go. And I, he so his medicals sound like they're the reason why he went undrafted. Clearly, this guy like I had him as a fourth round grade. You had him definitely day two. I'd imagine. Um, where, what's his upside here? Like if say the medicals check out, 
And, and we're talking about, you know, a couple UDFAs, but we'll start with with him. And I want to bring up Rakim Jarrett um, and Cade Warner. But uh, Sean Tucker, where where do you see, like, is he a future starter in this league? Like, you know, like, are you concerned? Like, I mean, to me, I, I think the medicals is just, it, it's one of those things where in the heat of the moment, you know, missing testing and whatnot, I think teams were more comfortable picking other guys. Uh, and this was a deep running back class. So I don't think it is directly reflective on his game. I think when you look at Rashad White, you have Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Patrick Laird. I think he can get right up there into that, you know, running back three by the end of the year, put himself in position to maybe jump Edmonds next year. And then Rashad White's probably the guy. And then when he goes and gets paid, then maybe, you know, he steps in and he's the number one running back. Yeah, I see that. I think one thing, and I think I know one thing, running backs, they're going to get hurt, Jake, right? There's going to be a hamstring. There's going to be a concussion. There's going to be a shoulder. I think Sean Tucker, I think he's going to snap in the offseason. This is what I'm going to call it, Jake. In the offseason uh, training camp, I think preseason, I think he's going to go off, right? He's going to face some of these teams, and you're going to see him on the highlight tape, the highlight reels, because he's going to be, he's going to break about, 50-yard runs, 80-yard runs. So I think that's going to happen. I think second, I think he's going to have to play special teams, Jake. It's something that he probably hasn't had to do in a long time, but he's going to have to be your personal protector. He's going to have to sit back there and show that he can handle uh, a special teams unit. He's going to have to rush some, rush some uh, punts. You know, He's going to have to return some kicks. He's going to have to do the dirty work, right, the nitty-gritty stuff that he has not – he's not used to really doing at Syracuse. So I think he's going to have to do those things. But – you mentioned the way he's going to climb up that that running back room. I think it's going to get done. Like I said, I think he's going to stay healthy, and he's going to have to stay healthy come the preseason. Though that's the only way um, to combat some of those things. So th- if he stays healthy, I think he's going to go off, um, and I think he will be your Rams. Sorry, your Buck. I keep talking about Rams. He's I mean, be, you played for both teams twice. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I appreciate that. Um, he will. He will be Sean Tucker will be the Buccaneers preseason MVP. That's how well he's going to play. That's going to okay. that's how he's going to be the preseason MVP. And when the season Amster starts, there you go. <laughs> if he stays healthy, he will be the Buccaneers preseason MVP. And I think going into the season, they're going to be like, damn, should, should we start him? I know we got this other, but should we start him? I think that'll be his, his storyline. I like that. And, and, you know, he, it it sucks. Anytime you go through that process and you get hurt, but you know, I think he's, he's obviously maintaining a positive attitude. He's already signed and everything. Um, Real quick, real quick. We don't have a ton of time, but Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. Okay. Baker Mayfield to me, he starts no question over Kyle Trask. I was surprised the bucks did not go after a quarterback. Where were you on that? They don't even have, another quarterback on the roster they didn't even sign anybody so were you a little surprised do you think baker could get a, like maybe a longer term deal after this year is that the the goal here yeah it sounds like baker might be that guy there at kyle trask i'm not i'm not convinced he is at the moment um but i i would say too during the offseason or during the offseason leading up to the season i think there's gonna be some type of movement free agency i know carson wentz is still out there there's gonna be some type of movement because it's not it's not adding up right now so i, I think baker mayfield he's gonna step into a bigger role and i think there's gonna be something that's gonna happen in the offseason where they're gonna bring a guy in and then have them play as well 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So that is going to do it before we head on out. As always, a uh, special happy birthday to former Packers and Washington Hall of Fame linebacker Dave Robinson turns 82 today. Okay. Three-time NFL champ, three, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. He played 10 years of his career with the Packers, two years in Washington, and he started 50, 155 games with 27 interceptions. And I'm sorry, my guy, I don't have sack numbers and tackle numbers because they didn't exist yet. It's all good. But, hey, he's 82. He, he made it out. Uh, and, yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> Absolutely. So this has been presented by bet online. Be sure to follow at Cameron Lynch 50. You can follow me at JK Bogey. You can follow the show at off the edge show. And uh, we'll be back next time until next time. We'll see you guys soon. Later folks. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.